Today's episode of The Full 60 is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, God, I need this, motivated and productive at home, we're, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to The Full 60 featuring Craig Custance and presented by The Athletic. Each week, we'll dive into the biggest stories in hockey while bringing in unique voices to entertain and explain all aspects of the game. Hey, this is Craig, and welcome to this week's episode of The Full 60. This week's guest is Steve Mayer, who is the chief content officer for the NHL. And Steve, if you don't know him, he is a guy, he's the guy that puts on the NHL's huge events, the Stanley Cup Final, the Winter Classic, the Stadium Series, the All-Star Games. And also, he's tasked with making sure NHL.com and NHL Network has compelling content um, he's a guy, the more you learn about him, you, the more you find out he loves to be out there uh, in person, meeting people, um, developing relationships with people around the league. And it's a fascinating time if you're Steve Mayer, because these big events probably aren't going to happen, right? Like, or are going to look very differently now in the present time than they were, you know, six months ago or a year ago or whatever. Um, and also, as we speak, there are not NHL games to go on NHL.com or on NHL Network. Um, So if you're in charge of content at the NHL, this is an interesting, I would say, challenging time. And so Steve was really great on that. And that's that's where our conversation started. It was, okay, now what? And he also had a long career at IMG. And and it was really interesting to talk about essentially star building and and how you can take somebody, and he, he shares a story about Tiger Woods that the world may not know yet, and create a star. And this is, you know, part of what the NHL wants to do with its stars. And perhaps even now in this time where these players have time, there's an opportunity there. So really fascinating conversation. A lot of fun to talk to Steve. We covered a lot of ground here. So here it is, the full 60 with Steve Mayer. All right. Well, well. so Steve, first of all, as a guy, I mean, you're a guy that's a regular, I mean, you're in, in charge of producing these huge events. You're a, a person in researching you, like you love to go travel places, meet face to face. You're an in-person kind of guy. This must be like, this is now we've removed all of that. How are, how are you holding up? This is wild. Well, uh, actually, some have, have joked. Uh, this is the the longest stretch I've ever been in one place, especially in one place called home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, this is these are exceptional times, uh, unprecedented, uh, and and you know a, a challenge for all of us. And, right. You know. Uh, you know. You just hope the, the one and most important thing is that we we have our health and you know, we're doing the right things and we're staying safe and we're practicing social distancing and all of the above. And you clearly understand at times. And, and in some ways we've, we've all taken this as a, as a bit of a challenge to, to create, you know, our worlds a little bit differently. And, you know, what happened is when, you know, we found out we were going to work from home and our, our season was going to be put on pause you know, we went to work and yeah. we, we got back to the drawing table and that's what we've been doing. And that's what we will continue to do. 
And in some ways, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not the right thing to say, but it's exciting in a weird way to be able to, you know, put some new content out there, think about how we're going to do things differently when we do come back. Um, you know, and, and uh, those, are, those are things that, you know, we, we're challenging our team to, to work on. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I do like to get in front of people. And, you know, now I find myself getting in front of people, in, in, you know, doing Zoom conferencing. <laughs> So you make people turn their cameras on, eh? I, I, we, I'm still like no camera. If I'm not gonna, um, if I don't have to put on real clothes, then you don't get to see me on Zoom. That's my rule. Well, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> you know, you got. I would say it's it's turning a bit. When we first started, you know, I would say it was about seventy five. We didn't want to go on camera. Seventy five percent. I actually think people are starting to miss the interaction. Yeah. I happen to like it. I mean, it's just, uh, it just feels like you're closer connected than when you're doing it on the phone. Uh, we're starting to watch. In fact, today we were joking. Uh, one of our fellow workers w- was on one of those Zoom conferences and for the first time turned the camera on. Uh, we discovered a 10-day growth on his face. It was very <laughs> unique. I think we shamed him to that tomorrow. He won't have it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, you know, I do think it is a good way to connect and see the people that you work with, that you love, you know, if you're, if you, you, you know, get to connect with your family and yeah, we're just at the beginning. I can't even imagine what it might be like a month from now. And we're all going to be Joe Thornton. That's what, that, you know, we're going to, you're going to get somebody on zoom and you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't mean to call Brent Burns. Yeah. Joe Thornton, Ben Roethlisberger, one of the two. <laughs> That's we're, right. we're, both, we're heading in that direction. Um, we really are. So I imagine your world looks somewhat similar to ours at the athletics. You know, when, when we're like, okay, we have um, we have a responsibilities to subscribers to still entertain them, to still give them something to read every day. Um, so let's brainstorm. Let's try to get creative here. You ha- and, and this is just within our you know tiny sliver of the platform in the media world. You have I mean you you guys are putting out events. You have a a, a channel with the NHL network, a, a website with nhl.com, a partner with NBC. What does that process look like from your perspective when it's like, "Hey, we still have to we still have to interact with hockey fans here." I I think we're all the same. You know, we all took the last 10 days or so and understood the environment that we were working in. Uh, the relationship that we do have with our fans, what everybody was really yearning for, looking for, and and we all had to be respectful. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed this, Craig. I, I, we're noticing, you know, people right now are sort of understanding that they've, they're, they're settled in, um, that what we all are going through, we're all going through together. And people are now sort of yearning for content. Uh you yep. want to be a little more entertained. We're not going to make fun of what's going on at all. Um, and, and it's going to be a lot different this week than it was last week. And it's going to be a lot different next week than it was this week. You know, we're, we're feeling, you know, what people are looking for. We also, to your point, we do have multiple channels to put this content out to. You mm-hmm. know, so what we might do on our broadcast networks uh, probably will be a little different than what we'll do on Instagram or on Facebook or Facebook right. Watch, for that matter. Um, and we're going to get creative. I, I mean, 
you know, I, I just got off of a call where, you know, we're looking at virtual environments to show games, to add players into the mix to watch games back. So right now, let's face it, all our broadcast networks, both in the U.S. and Canada, are showing old games. And it's right. great. And, you know, there's been actually a pretty good response to some of the games that have aired. You know, I think within the next week or so, we're going to add players watching the games back into the mix. Yeah. We're going to go to alumni and let's get alumni. Let's get a team from, you know, let's get that old Edmonton team back together and watch one of their, one of their Stanley cup clinching games. You know, let's go back to rivalries. You know, let's add players into the mix. So take, you know, one thing that right now is pretty, you know, classic, just watching a game and how do we add, you know, what, what, you know, now is common in 2020 and how do we take it to another level? And those are the kind of things that we're looking at um, and we're going to start doing, you know, we, we had to figure out with con- connectivity, with a lot of the, you know, technology that's out there, how we do that. And that absolutely took a few days. We weren't set up for that. This was unexpected now we are set up for it and you know now we we can have some fun and and we're going to take some chances we're going to do some things that are a little different and we're going to see what the reaction is and some things are going to stick and other things probably we'll move on from but it's it's an interesting time right now and uh, but for the first 10 days and i think you guys were the same you know we stuck to you know the the story right you know, we, we reposted what the players were posting. And, and, man, the players have been unbelievable putting their own content out there. Uh, and, we, and we, you know, we were a little more educational, uh, had the players talking to their fans about social distancing and washing their hands and exercising at home. And now I think we'll get a little more back into reviewing the past season and you know, and getting back a little more into NHL hockey talk. Right, right. It's it's funny because yeah, we. I mean, we, I'm like you. I'm sure you know we study the data in terms of what people seem really interested in, and it is. There's this. It was like okay, people want to know the news right away. Then it was like okay, they want to they want to talk about. They, it's still a distraction, right? They want to be entertained by sports, and so we needed to. We felt we needed to fill that gap. How it's interesting to hear you say. Like I, I noticed that messaging from players, especially on social media. It's especially attached to you know, hey, stay inside. Here's what I'm doing, and here's here's me and my puppy and all this stuff. How much was that? Were players just taking that upon themselves, or was it like encouraged by the league? Hey, get out. People want to hear from you. So, so the, at the beginning, um, the first few messages were were a little more on the level of, hey, we really miss hockey. We miss you guys. It was it was fine, and it was kind of nice, and it was from the heart. Um, we actually did message um, to a couple of key players that, you know, we saw, especially in the entertainment world, you know, and what we saw, what was happening in Florida with spring break and some of the kids um, that were really not paying attention. You know, we did see in the entertainment world, a couple of the big entertainers were, were talking directly to those kids to say, come on, yeah. like, this is serious you know, wake up everybody. And then we messaged out to a couple of our key players. And I think the first one that responded 
And then everybody started to follow suit was Connor McDavid. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, his message with his dog by his side, if you watch that back, that was clearly to talk to his peers to say, come on, let's be smart. Let's, you know, this is serious. And that tone then, I think, came off to other players. And we started to see a swell of, of the, that type of content. Yeah. Um, and now we're starting to see as you can see, you know, people exercising at home, them having fun around the house, the challenge, the 10 stick challenge, the 10 toilet paper, whatever you're calling that, that thing took off a little in, in our world as well. And, um, you know, and I, and I think, again, it's getting a little by the day, a little looser in terms of what people are doing, but you are seeing our players, which is not the norm. You know, our players posting on their own and, and you know, grabbing quite a following. Right. It's, it's interesting because and this seems like about a decade ago now, but at the GM's meetings in Boca Raton, which was earlier this month somehow, um, it, I know the GM's were, there was a presentation on social media. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think one of the GM's said, you know, they shared the top 100 athletes on social and the NHL didn't have anybody in there. And, hey, we need to do better than that. We need to interact on a bigger scale. Why do you think that is? Like, what, where, where do you think that growth comes from? Well, I, I, listen, um, you're right. And first of all, wow, are you right? I mean, the GM meetings feel like they were a year ago. Every day is a year right now. Uh, yeah. seems like. so, so in that presentation, uh, you know, we, we did talk directly to the GMs and, um, and, and yeah, there is a slide that ESPN had had done a survey of the top 100 most popular, most socially active um, athletes in the world. And what what we did was we showed the top 15, which is on one slide, and those are the biggest names in sports. But what was more important for us was we showed the bottom 15. When I say the bottom 15, 85 to 100. Yeah. And when you look on there. And yes, there's not one hockey player in the top 100, but the names on the on the 85 to 100, like we all we love our guys. We think they're amazing. We think they have big personalities. And in our world, they're you know they are the top athletes. You know, it's almost unbelievable that we don't have a player in there when you see some of the names that are. So you know, we're we're looking at this. Um, opportunity and man I hate using that word in this time right you know it's it just feels so wrong but this is a period of time where you know I, I think our players could get very comfortable with social media and how it works and how fans will respond to it and how their brands could build you know we we are living in a world which is all what makes our sport so amazing, what makes it so great. And that is that our players feel it's team before individual. Yep, absolutely. And everybody is so upset about upsetting the locker room, you know, and stepping out above other players. And, you know, I, I come from a world, you know, of sports marketing um, you know, and I've worked with and been around some of the greatest athletes in the world, many of those that are on the top 100 list. And I can clearly say that the reason why they're on that list, that they are marketed properly 
Um, and then they also, they also are okay with, with being a part of that, you know, and right. our guys aren't exactly the same. And, and here, I think that they're going to, a lot of them are going to come out of their shell. They're going to do some things that they might not be able or want to do during the season. And I think our fans are going to realize, wow, these guys have amazing personalities. They're so likable and you're going to see them more and more. I hope it doesn't last that long, but while it does last this pause, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to work with a lot of our players. And I think you'll start to see some really great personalities come out of this. Right. So I would contend like the, the suppression of those personalities comes from a, the pressure to not stand out within the confines of a team. And then, you know, the, the, yeah. the coaches and the GMs and the teams themselves, right? Like I've, I've had coaches, I've heard them complain to players, Hey, why, how come you're quoted in the paper every day? Cause this guy's a great quote and we love going to him. And that, and that somehow is a negative, right? Instead of from our positive, you know, our side, it's like, Hey, I love talking to that guy. He's, he's interesting. Um, and and now you know I think you're right. Now you don't have the coach over their shoulder or whatever. They can, we can like these guys have great personalities. Now we can see them. Yeah. Now I, listen, I, I do think this is a time for those um, to to feel free or a little freer, and and we're going to all see firsthand, you know, uh, their personalities and some of the things that we hope that we're going to do with them. You're gonna you're gonna do with them. You know, all of our broadcast partners, I, I, I think, you know, this could be a, and this could change sort of the mentality moving forward. Uh, you know, yeah. during the season, it, it, it's different. We all we all know that and we've accepted that. Um, but yet the other leagues, other sports, um, you know, don't necessarily have some of the barriers that we, we have and we. You know, I, I've always believed that we can get over that. Uh, you know, we just need to prove that, hey, we're not going to get in the way. We're not going to be the difference between a win and a loss the next day. You know, we want to do our job. But at the same time, we want to promote the team, the organization, and, and the player himself. And, and we could do that in a, in a really cool way. And, you know, we've always said that. And hopefully – you know that'll that'll change, uh, but this could be a period that that could help as players get out there and very and get very comfortable with the routine of of doing it, you know, uh, themselves or working with the league or working with other partners. It's funny. And early on, we've already seen like there's you know breakout stars, right? Like I've I've seen Ilya Kovalchuk, who I covered as a kid in Atlanta who I haven't seen it. Like he's out with his family doing dance moves. And I'm like, I've, I've seen Ilya a lot. I haven't seen that side of him. And, and, and you hear from teammates, we love him. He's great. And now it's like, Hey, he's on TikTok or whatever, uh, doing a dance routine with his, with his kids, which is great. Yeah, I know. I just think that that's what we're going to start to see more and more, uh, you know, and again, at our level, we started with this. We, we've been sort of respectful, not sort of very respectful, yes. Uh, like let them do their own thing, but we're we've got some ideas and some fun ideas, you know, and and we'll see. Uh, you know, right. we're we're reaching out to players starting this week. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to some of the things that we're hoping to do with them. Uh, you know, we want the fans to have an opportunity. I mean, one of the 
ideas is for Twitter takeovers with players daily where fans get to talk directly to the players. We think that could be super cool. Um, you know, there's, there's ideas of game shows that we have. I'm not kidding you, virtual game shows, putting, you know, teammates on the same team. You know, we've got, you know, all these ideas that, you know, again, we'll see what will work. We'll see what players want to do. But we think we want to have some fun uh, and, and break out their personalities. But at the same time, we want to hear from these players. We want to keep our fans informed. Uh, you know, we hope we're going to come back and start playing at some point. And when we do, we don't want to miss a beat. We just want to keep the momentum going. It's been such an incredible season, you know, and we want to keep our fans engaged. All right. So you may not be the person to talk to about this, and this might just be a a, a, a very self-serving request. But in this process, so we've been doing this similar things like, hey, we want to we want to go watch, you know, game seven of whatever series. That's really hard to find as a fan in media. Like there used to be the vault and you could get those games there. Is there like, is there, um, and you guys have done, I think NBC has started rolling them out and the night. Is that by, I have to imagine that's by design, right? Like these are your properties and you want to kind of control when and how those are well, watched. Yes and no. I, I, so one of the things, and this is one of the first things that happened, Craig, when, when, when the pause took place, um, you know, a, a few of us um, were like exactly in the same boat as, as, as you as a fan we're all right we're gonna have some downtime here we want to watch where do i find this right oh, you mean, it's really well, hard I gotta go. okay so one of the first things you know and our teams led the charge to say we need to put together an area where we bring on all our original programming our classic games um our documentaries other programming, some of the short form stuff that we've done, and let's just put it all under one roof. Yeah. So for right now, we're calling it the NHL Pause Binge. It's here to stay. Um, my my running joke is that when we start playing, it'll be called the NHL Play Binge. Um, <laughs> but it's to binge. It's to binge watch. Yeah. It's to it's so that you don't have to look all over creation. Um, what we, we had to start slow because believe it or not. Um, in this, you know, there, all these games weren't available. And now right. with the way the world is and the fact that our office is, is, is closed and we're all working from home, one by one, we're bringing these games online. So, at, you know, for fans out there, you know, every single day we're adding more content to this area. But we now have an area on NHL.com, on YouTube, where you could go and, you know, it's one-stop shopping. Yeah. Um, and it, so you're right. Like, uh, you know, if you want to watch tonight, you know, game seven of a playoff series from three years ago, pretty much will guarantee probably, you know, I, I can't guarantee today because right now it's a little bit of a process. You know, given yeah. connectivity, how we're all operating, it's not like boom, like fast, but it's going to happen. And I would say within a few weeks, you know, this will be the place for all our fans to go to when you have a craving for that particular game. You know, our broadcast networks are showing games almost every night. Yeah. Um, they're showing these classic games, but obviously it, it's got to hit your taste. You know, if, right, if right. you're not a, 
yeah, yeah. If you're not a huge fan of, you know, the Dallas Stars, do you really want to watch the Winter Classic from this year? Yeah. But, you know, but you could. But here you could go and watch every single night, whatever you want, and we're putting it all under one roof. So, yeah, that's easy to find, especially right now for all fans. Just go on NHL.com, and it's the header. It says pause binge. Click on that and start navigating. Okay, well, that's good to know. I'm glad, really glad to hear that. So you were the person to talk to about that. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of to to circle back on something. I mean, you mentioned your time at IMG and in kind of the people you worked with, and I would love to hear if there was somebody. I mean, you said yeah, I mean, these are some superstars in other sports that really wrote the script and how to interact with fans, how to market themselves. Like, who did you find when you were there? That you that you were like wow this athlete is so good at this you know in in the greater world of sports. Well, you know, and I was about you know two to six steps away, but I yeah. I was there for a whole development of time. Meaning, some athletes I actually was re- were really involved with, um, almost on a daily basis, and then others, you know, just based on what I was doing, you know, I, I watched. And I had a I had a pretty good view, but I wasn't right there. But the one guy that comes to mind is Tiger Woods. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, you know, it was it was unbelievable. Like we we learned of Tiger very early. In fact, we we, we produced a documentary, um, Sun Hero Champion, and mm. Tiger had never won anything, and it was an IMG produced documentary that aired that IMG bought the time on CBS Masters Weekend to show. No he kidding. He never won the Masters. He ended up winning the Masters for the first time. And, and that was, that, and I, I use that example a lot as, man, that's the ultimate marketing. Right. Have this sort of gut to go out and produce a documentary on what you believed and everybody knew was going to be a superstar athlete, but to do it before the, the guy had ever won anything. And then to, you know, to have him back it up that particular weekend, actually, and then go on to have that, you know, the career that he had and to watch how he was marketed, you know, first as a golfer, but then as a celebrity, and, you know, and that was, you know, that was the IMG way. I mean, look at the athletes that have come out of IMG. You know, they're, they're athletes, but they're celebrities. They walk red carpets. They, they are in entertainment events. There's movies about them that they're in. You know, these, these athletes just become bigger than life. And they're also global. Um, you know, and, and to see, you know, how some you know, were marketed was really quite an education and, you know, just, you know, amazing, you know, to see in my time there. I mean, one of the things that I learned from IMG was just, you know, you just can't think big enough, you know, every, you know, what, you know, okay, we're doing this, but hey, that's never going to be good enough. What else can you do for, for that athlete, for that event, for that league? Um, And so, you know, Tiger, yes, the question was probably, you know, one of the ultimate, you know, we also saw the downfall of Tiger. Um, you know, he was at IMG during that period of time, too. Uh, and, you know, and 
it is, you know, really, you know, what, what a, what a case study uh, on an athlete, uh, just unbelievable actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I think, you know, I think we could do this with, with the hot, with hockey and, and our players, um, you know, and we work very closely with the agencies as well. The agents, um, you, we've talked to many of them during this period of time. They are anxious and they have some big ideas as well. Um, you know, and I'm loving what I'm hearing. And, you know, again, I, I think that there's some good things to come. So I, using that example, that, that's fascinating to me because I, I didn't, I haven't heard that story about Tiger Woods is if we're trying to propel, if a hockey player wants to propel to that kind of stardom and it's not like golf is the NBA, like this was a golfer. This wasn't like an NFL star and Tiger Woods was one of the biggest names in sports. Does that, this wasn't the PGA doing it. This was IMG. Does that have to come from like, does that, does Wasserman need to be doing that with Connor McDavid or does that need to be driven by the league or like, what is the best way? I think it's a combination. I, I really yeah. do. I, I mean, I think it's, and I actually think that you used the Connor McDavid example. I mean, we, we talked to Wasserman. I think they have an incredible plans, especially during the pause for Connor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and again, I think, you know, the, the problem that we have, like in, in golf, there are some off weeks. There's time down. Sure. You know, Tiger didn't play every single week. There were opportunities for him to shoot a commercial, do interviews. Do you know with our players? You know the 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 grind of the season right. um, makes it difficult. It makes it difficult. Um, you know, and we we've talked to you know. Connor's folks at Wasserman and Jeff Jackson's awesome as an agent and yeah. so interested and willing to do things with Connor. And, and I'm sure you're going to start seeing him do things during this pause. I, I, I you know, I'll guarantee it. Like yeah. you, it just sounds like there's a willingness on his part, on Jeff's part. And we've been talking. Um, I think to answer your question, it, it, all the parties have to come together, including the athletes. Right. You know, and that's probably the most important thing. The athlete really has to be willing and wanting to do it. And some just aren't comfortable and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. But you know, there, there's others that if they are, you know, we're all in this together. I mean, one of the things from a league standpoint is, you know, we only want the player to look incredible. Like we only want to put the player in the best light possible. Um, that's our interest, right. and that should be the interest across the board, you know. Um, and so, you know, all we do is we, we hope that, you know, we, we get a willing participant and we all can work together and do some really cool things together. Um, so, you know, but at the same time, these are different, these are different times, and I can't, you know, one of the things we all can't speak to is personal situations, you know. Sure. Right. You know, who knows somebody that might be affected by the virus. I mean, all these things will lead to, you know, somebody's willingness to do things and others who just don't really feel the time is right. I think my candidate for the, the that player who has the willingness and the ability to kind of cross over would be Austin Matthews. And I think we've seen, you know, this is a guy that embraces fashion, yeah. isn't afraid to do things that are different, has a, you know, a, a good, like I've, I've been dealing with Austin a long time. Great, you know, great personality um and i think he's a risk taker in that regard and i think that's a kind of a part key part of the component 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, again, talk to his agent. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think that Austin could be a, a real breakthrough here. Uh, you know, really likable, uh, perfect age group. You know, I think from what I see, kind of gets social media. Yeah. You know, I think there's been probably, you know, uh, you know, a couple things that have held him back uh, based on, you know, his situation, right. you know, sure. when he first started in Toronto, you know, that, you know, didn't allow him to do, uh, you know, some, probably some of the things he might want to. I, I, I agree. I think he's got an awesome personality, has the lifestyle choices that, you know, I think people want to know more about. And, you know, he, he's definitely a, a really likable guy. Yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the people I, I think one of the players that can break through. Hey, let me interrupt this conversation with Steve to share an offer from DoorDash. I can tell you, like, this is an, the honest truth. Like, two seconds ago, right out front of my house, there were two delivery trucks. There was an Amazon truck, a UPS truck. And I can tell you, needless to say, we are really taking advantage of any opportunity now to have things delivered to the house uh, or to order pickup from local restaurants. And DoorDash is a great option to do that. Especially you think about like Valentine's Day is coming. You want to do a little something special rather than whatever you're preparing at home right now. I would completely encourage you to use DoorDash and come up with something. Support a local restaurant right now with takeout. Get something unique and creative and DoorDash can do that. DoorDash brings all of America's flavors to your door and ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 310,000 restaurant partners in 4,000 cities. So you might be able to find a new favorite restaurant too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can order your local go-tos or choose from national chain restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. So right now, full 60 listeners can get $5 off their first order at DoorDash of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code FULL60. That's $5 off your first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code full sixty. So you mentioned you're, you know, one of the kind of the things at IMG is to think big, and I've, you know, I've, I've read where that's that's the advice you you'd like to give out is dare to think big. And where I've seen that, and maybe this is me just kind of projecting, but I've seen that in in music with the NHL and the acts that have that have merged over the last few years. And you're a music guy, so I have to assume you're you're behind that. But like it used to like it was almost a punchline. The NHL would announce their musical guest at whatever event and it would be like, you know, from twenty years ago or whatever. And now like I, I do feel like they're they're thinking bigger. How like was that a very pointed thing that you tried to implement? Yeah. Yeah. I mean um and it wasn't the hardest to try to change things up and listen, you know, music is so subjective and I, yeah, that's I mean, true. Sure. No matter who you put out there, you know, especially <laughs> in this day and age, you know, I, everybody says, Steve, do not do, do we announce a band. Don't, don't go on Twitter. Just do yourself. A favor. <laughs> right. Even you if know, you're excited and, about and, it, you're going to get, yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. Are you kidding? We, you know, I remember, you know, uh, Keith Urban, yeah. You know, Keith Urban is one of the biggest artists in the world, you know, and we get Keith Urban. I'm so excited. People are like, don't go on Twitter. 
people are wondering why you're bringing a country act into Philadelphia. What? You know, listen, our interest has been now uh, the bigger, the better, most popular, the better. Now, the goal with the music and the goal with celebrity is to bring um, new audiences into watch the NHL. And, you know, when you announce, and whether our avid fans like this or not, but when you announce Keith Urban and Green Day, and, oh, I read a few comments, you know, but Green Day is, is this summer, Green Day was scheduled to do a stadium tour. Yeah. Like, we, the NHL never got bands that did stadiums. We were lucky we were getting bands who played to 2,000 people in a club. Yeah. You know, we, you know, so we really, you know, f- focused on, you know, the bigger name bands like Dan and Shay. They just sold out five straight nights in, in Nashville. Like these are bands that and artists that are so super popular. And the interest is to bring in their fans to our sport. Right. To expose our sport to a new audience that maybe will watch us. And, and you saw it in Nashville. I mean, Nashville's a perfect example. All of those artists singing the national anthem, country music fans who never watch a hockey game in their life started watching hockey and falling in love with the game. And now they are fans of the Preds, including the artists. Right. So to us at the league, that's been the strategy. The bigger, the better, the bigger name. You know, we've been talking to some artists moving forward. You know, we were really looking at the Stanley Cup and the playoffs, and we are still looking at it. So right. please yeah, don't not... take anything from it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I don't know right now. You know, our, our philosophy on Stanley Cup final was as many people inside as there are outside, crowds going crazy. Mm. Everywhere you go, you see people and adding music to the mix. So we started a few years ago with these outdoor concerts. Well, you, I'm not going to name names, but some of the bands and some of the artists we were talking to for this June, for the Stanley, were awesome, huge. And, you know, I laughed at one point to to some people on my team saying, you know, what a difference a couple of years make. Um, You know, and and listen, a couple of years ago, I thought we did an amazing job. We had Panic at the Disco, seeing High Hopes for the first time. Imagine yeah. Dragons. We we did some really cool things, um, but this year, you know, we were ready to eclipse that, and still are. Uh, who knows when we're gonna have our Stanley Cup final? But um, I, this is all about you know getting more eyeballs on us because I think that that can increase our audience. And the same thing on the celebrity side. The more celebrity fans come to watch us the better. And that's the philosophy and that's what we're really trying to 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 get turned around and and I, I thank you for your comment because I obviously you've taken note. Yeah. So what's the NHL's version of, of the Super Bowl halftime show? Like do you have a marquee music moment whether it be the Winter Classic or the Stanley Cup final? Like have you are you able to say when you pitch to these artists like this is the number one slot? for a live musical act at, at the NHL schedule. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, people do think the winter classic is, um, you know, I, I, it is our bigger audience. I, although I, I'm starting to see that our final, our Stanley cup final could, could be that. Um, yeah. 
you know, right now we were, we were just, you know, I've been able to show some video of the last two years where we've shot, you know, we've shut down streets. You know, we had, I don't know, 25, 30,000 on the streets in St. Louis last year. Uh, we had little Nas X performing in Boston. Uh, you know, we had 20,000 people, you know, outside city hall in Boston. They start seeing that and they're like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. Um, I, you know, I think it could eventually become the Stanley Cup final, which becomes our biggest showcase. Uh, you know, our TV right. audience for Stanley Cup final is, is growing. And last year, our game seven was, the, you know, our biggest audience ever. Um, so, you know, I, but I do think, it, you know, the, the world of music is now calling us and pitching us, mm. you know, which is a real difference between, you know, a few years ago and now. And, you know, we, we're looking at some cool things, um, you know, especially when we resume uh, that would involve music and celebrity. And, you know, and I think in this period, too, during the pause, uh, don't be surprised if, you know, I don't know about music, but certainly celebrity and their, you know, interaction with our players, that could be something that we'll, we'll showcase as well. So who's number one on the bucket list? It's got to be Bruce for you, number right? One. As a Jersey guy, it's so, got to yeah, be so Bruce. Number one is, yeah, so number one, you know, but that's, a, again, <laughs> this shows you how, how this is all about personal taste. Yeah. yeah. Bruce Springsteen is, you know, I love Bruce. Um, you know, I, I would love Bruce Springsteen to perform for an NHL event. Uh, he is he is coming out, at least the rumors are, with new music. You know, uh, maybe the timing could could work. Who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, there there are a lot of amazing artists that I love. Our audience loves. You know, I I, I got on a call. Um, yeah, I can't really name. Oh it. come on, say Today, come on. Somebody, Let's name names. No one's. Well, no. To so ACDC is coming uh-huh. out with new music. Nice. Now that's you know old school, but like there's something cool about them. You know, we're pitched music all the time, you know, now. And they reached out saying, we think that we've got some really cool new music, perfect for the NHL. Yeah. All right, we'll listen to it. Now, yeah. I mean, now, is that, my, is that the ultimate for me? Not, not necessarily, but, you know, we're constantly being pitched. And, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully we... We keep on up in, you know, up in it in that world. Um, I thought you guys did a good job with the whole um, Saturday Night Live thing last year with with Chance the Rapper along those lines in, in kind of breaking through to new audiences. Can you explain the process? Like Saturday Night Live can't just go on TV and, and have people wearing Rangers jerseys and stuff like there's permissions that have to be had. Like what was that like when they reached out to you and said, hey, we're gonna. We want to do an NHL skit, and I'm sure in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, we, we don't want to look bad either here. So, what was what does that look like from the back end? Uh, so there was a great debate on that, and uh, and then even the commissioner was involved. The commissioner is very close with Lauren Michaels, and um, and and he was involved, and we ultimately, um, you know, we ultimately decided because to your point, uh, in order for them to do that. Yeah, listen, they could do that and not use our marks and our, certainly our players' names. Right. Uh, you know, we we decided um, that that, you know, we, we felt that would be something that we'd approve. And, um, 
And admittedly, you know, that's a debate. There's many times that, you know, a movie wants to do something with the NHL, a TV show. And we, we have a group within the NHL that, you know, looks at all these great opportunities and, and makes decisions one by one. You know, right. I don't think any of us, any of us realized, you know, the, how that one would take off. I mean, that was a big surprise. I, uh, you know, we watched it, you know, in a weird way together because we yeah. knew it was coming and we all sort of commented as it happened. Oh, that was funny. And there were moments in there that were like, ooh, but we, you know, but it, it, it went out and then, and then, wow, did I catch wildfire? And, you know, we joke about it because we all watched Silent Night Live. We love the show. Um, and the next day, you, 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 you'll comment on it. You'll watch the skit back. But, and maybe we're too close to this particular skit, but some weird reason, that thing just took off. Mm-hmm. Um, not only in the hockey world, but everywhere. People right. are talking about it. <laughs> right. And then I immediately reached out to Chance like literally immediately one to thank him and two to ask him if he would do something more with us. His manager, Pat Corcoran uh, out of Chicago. I didn't know this, but was a huge Blackhawks fan. Oh, no huge. kidding. And so there was an immediate connection and we tried to do something that year, right after the show, we, had, we kept on like talking about ideas. We just could never connect. And then it ended up that our our player media tour was going to go to Chicago. And I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Let's see if Chance is in Chicago. And it just worked perfectly. And then we, you know, we revived it. Um, and again, you know, we're looking for like, what are those moments that are just a little different? Um, you know, we'll bring out the player's personality. And, you know, and get us noticed not only in the hockey circle, but outside. Like, that's the key. Yeah. Like, just getting people to watch this, respond to it, and, and then maybe say, oh, man, Austin Matthews looks like a cool guy. Um, I might want to watch a Toronto game. And right. I, I think that that's the goal. And it was funny with the players. I mean, the players didn't really know how to react to his questions. Like some were serious and played right. it straight. Right. Others were trying to joke with them. It, it was really funny to watch each every and every one of them like kind of react to him differently. At the player uh, tour, you mean? He, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, at the player yeah. tour, like you know, Austin, Austin just played with them, like we were talking about earlier. Austin kind of fired back at him. Yeah. Henrik was sort of laughing at him, but didn't really know how to react. (laughs) Like everyone was just, Duca, Tuca was having fun with him. Like every player just, but every player knew him. Um, Obviously he chanced the rapper, but knew Laszlo Holmes, which that was another thing I was really blown away by. The players had known the skit. They knew the character, uh, you know, and, and, they had some fun, and, and you know that was that was a perfect example of just some of the content that we're trying to do that you know might take a step over to the left or the right, but we feel like why not try it out? Right. How much did, did you do the? Do they have to show you the skit or the script, or, or was it just like a conceptual thing before you sign off on it with Sarah Live? 
Um, that particular one was a sign off on the script. Okay. Okay. And sometimes it's conceptual. That particular one was a sign off on the script. Yeah. I mean, I imagine like you're not, I, I can I didn't, I had no idea Gary Bettman and Lauren Michaels were friends. That's that now that just yeah, gave me a yeah, whole other um, story idea. I can't wait to follow up on that. <laughs> yeah, no, Gary, Gary, uh, Gary, uh, and, and Gary has, you know, uh, he has such a great sense of humor. Um, he, he really, you know, he has, you know, at least to, to us, like this really, this great personality and, and is when the time is right. And believe me, everything we do at the league, we, it has to be a very, a very calculated decision. Yeah. But, you know, there are some things that we, we've done at, at, you know, with his blessing, that you know i'm i'm you know i love i mean i think that he has a very open mind um you know he's just such an easy person to deal with on a daily basis and wants to be included and and loves this sort of entertainment piece of the league um and you know he has a lot of you know friends who actually help us get a lot of things done uh, whether they are the celebrities themselves or people connected to them, he's he's quite a resource when it comes to comes to that piece of what we're doing, what I'm trying to do. Yeah, he's funny. I think that's the one thing people don't realize. I'm not surprised to hear that he would be friendly with Lorne Michaels, just because he's he does have a sense of like I he's like I like that he's embraced almost like being the heel, like at the draft and they're booing him. He's like, I can't hear you. Like he's just decided I'm this is this is going to be my public persona. And I'm going to go with it. That's yeah, great. Uh, very relaxed about things and just, you know, really, really a, real, a great person to work for. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? Turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one star reviews from con- uh, competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible, unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. The other one. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style... The Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. So if you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code FULL60. That's theblacktux.com. Code full sixty for ten percent off your purchase. The Black Tux formal wear for the moment. All right, last thing to 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 wrap up. I, I you know I, I found it interesting that after you got hired, you and this kind of this brings us full circle to how much you like to be on the road, meeting people, being in a room with people, getting to know them, and and you felt it was important to to get out and, and tour and just get to know owners, GMs, front offices, game ops, whatever it is. 
who did you like who did you find most interesting in that process that you were like wow this you know this owner or whoever it was really gets what we're trying everyone. to do everyone oh come on somebody had equally. to stand everybody I don't equally. believe that Steve. I, you know well I, and I'm not going to really I, I probably won't go there in the evenings. I will say this that you know I didn't know what to expect and and uh you know and I have met so like the variety of people and when I say variety of people, um, you know, all works of all walks of life, all different businesses, um, all all you know, all teams are are run differently, and I, yeah, and that's yeah. been fascinating to me. Um, you know, whether it's the team president who really has so much authority and makes so many decisions, to a team where the general manager is really the guy or the owner, um, yeah. you know, and and you know, listen. There's been some really good people. I, I mean, I, uh, I, and I will say this: I'm actually surprised by how many people have one sort of taken me in as like, "Hey, I'm this new guy. I'm not from this world," mm-hmm. and kind of show me the ropes of how this works. And and you know, I I, I wanted to also when I came in, you go to the GM meetings where I don't know if people in my position had had done that before. I wanted to get to know the general managers. I wanted to go to all the board of governors meetings and just, you know, be around these people and, and ask them, you know, what, what do you want from the league and what are you doing? And, and listen a lot. Like, you know, for me, like they're doing some really cool things at the club level that we have taken, stolen, whatever you want to call it. Yeah at the league level, you know, and, and I also just want to feel like they need to know what we're doing all the time. So they feel informed. Right. Um, now I, I you know, I, I, I must admit, I, I go to certain places and, and I say, wow, that is just unbelievably impressive. I go to other places and go, wow, I'm not really even sure how this all runs, but everywhere, <laughs> You know, there no there, but every every single one of these teams has a uniqueness to them. Yeah, and um, and and some just really really great people, and you know, um, it's been it's been an awesome experience. I mean, I I, like any time you change and go from one job to another, um, you know, you go with trepidation. You're not sure but yet you, you really are excited for the challenge. And I look back at now four years and go, wow, this, what, what an amazing move I made. And, you know, I, I've seen personally, I think, a little growth. Um, you know, I hope that others have, have seen the same. And, you know, that's all we want to keep doing is just keep raising the bar, um, keep getting better and better at what we do. You know, I'm just bummed right now we can't put an event on because yeah. we had some great things planned for the draft and the awards, and right now those are up in the air. You know, obviously I told you about Stanley Cup Final. I thought it would be no matter where it was going to be, it would have been the best ever, and I think it still could be. But, you know, what we're right now wondering is, you know, I, I, I think all of us truly believe we're going to be back and completing a season in, in some way. But what does all this mean? And that's what we're all going to find out in the coming weeks and months. 
what does that this mean in terms of you know the big event moving forward? And you know, I yeah. hope it gets back to normal, and you know, uh, but we'll soon find out, and we'll soon see. And you know, just uh, the key is that we all come out of this healthy, and you know, back to work we go. Yeah, amen to that. Last thing, do you have any recommendations for people that are not hockey that's that are like I need a book to read, something to stream on Netflix? What's what's your what's keeping you busy outside of the keeping a, the hockey at the forefront? Uh, you know, I uh I I just turned out the last for the first time Succession. Yeah, I put that on my list. Yeah. It's good. Uh, everybody keeps on recommending it. Is it good? Yeah. I've heard it's great. I haven't. I just was going to watch it the other night. We just finished uh, the McMillions documentary, the McDonald's Monopoly oh, game. I also, I, I also heard that that one uh, is excellent. You know, yeah. it's funny. I, I'm not. I'm not a big TV guy. I, right. Like, I just am a sportsaholic, and yeah. this is killing me. Like, <laughs> I mean, every night, um, you know, I have. 12 TVs going and computers going and I'm watching all sports. I mean, I, I feel like I also learn from watching everything that's out mm-hmm. there Yeah. and to not have anything. Uh, and you know, I've never been a big fan of classic games. I have to admit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, I think that, you know, our, all of our viewing habits are going to change a little bit in the coming months. Um, and that's why it was really important for us to put content out as well like you know Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen our nhl 100 documentary or you haven't seen our documentary names on the like these are really high quality docs that we've done yeah for a uh, for a hockey fan they're a must but if you're not a hockey fan you know i don't know start watching curb your enthusiasm (laughs) that's always a good one well steve thanks so much for doing this i really appreciate it it was a really fun conversation (laughs) yeah a pleasure a pleasure. Right. I, I I appreciate you know you talking to me and and listen, just stay stay healthy, stay safe. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Steve. I want to thank Steve Mayer for joining the podcast. It was a fascinating conversation. I love um, kind of lifting the veil, like just the process things. Like how does how does Saturday Night Live end up using the NHL's logos and in Brady Shea jersey? Uh, you know what kind of rules do they have to follow? And I I just kind of I love that stuff. I I hope you enjoyed it. Um, before we wrap up. Uh, I would encourage you, if you enjoy this podcast, it helps me a ton if you can go leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to this. And I want to share the most recent review at Apple Podcasts for a couple of reasons, because I'm guessing I know who left it. Uh, This review is a five-star review that says, I've enjoyed Craig's work for a long time. Now he has established a very high bar for himself with his interview of SI's Michael Farber. And this was left by Pete Weber Sports. So two things. One, if you haven't listened to the Michael Farber conversation from a couple of weeks ago, I would really encourage you. Mike, Mike was amazing. Some just great stories from probably the best hockey writer who ever lived. Number two, um, Pete Weber is, uh, I'm a fan of his. He's, he's, of course, Nashville's play-by-play guy. Assuming this is him leaving this message, Pete is actually going to be on the podcast. I'm thinking next week. We've already recorded it. It was a blast to do. We're we're doing we're going to produce it a little bit more because he's got some clips he shared with us. It's going to be. Oh, I'm really excited to share that one. So definitely be on the lookout for that. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to Steve for joining the podcast, and have a great week. <laughs>